It ain't what you don't know that gets you into trouble. It's what you know for sure that just ain't so. Flipping houses can make you rich, but holding them will make you wealthy. Subscribe to a new real estate investing podcast, Hold That House, with Matt Andrews and Matt Terrio. Subscribe for free. Listen, learn, and earn. Hold That House. Subscribe today. This is Terrio Media. Ontario Studios in Glendale, California. It's time for Epic Real Estate Investing with Matt Terrio. Hello and welcome. Welcome to Epic Real Estate Investing, the place where I show people how to escape the rat race using real estate. You just got to shift your focus from making piles of money to making streams of money. Change that one thing just one time and you are on your way to financial freedom. And if you'd like to get started in the same way that I did with no money, and didn't have a a credit score to speak of, you can access a free course that I created just for you to show you how to do that. You can go to freerealestateinvestingcourse.com. Go to freerealestateinvestingcourse.com and there that course is waiting for you. Alrighty, so I've got another really great show for you today. Can you believe it? Another great show. Uh, let's get right into it. On the phone, I've got a very special guest, someone I met earlier this year. He's actually a business partner with our guest from last week, Mr. Justin Williams. And he's a very accomplished real estate investor in his own right. So please help me welcome Mr. Andy McFarland to the show. Andy, welcome to Epic Real Estate Investing. Hey, thanks for having me, Matt. I appreciate it. You bet. Glad to have you here. Um, you know, we've met in our in our mastermind group, and you know, we've we've hung out at the bar, we've had some casual conversations, but I don't know a whole lot about your background. So, why don't you uh, share with me while you share with everybody else? You know, what uh, you were doing before real estate, and then how you got into real estate, and bring me up to speed on what your business looks like today. Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, my background background is I'm an army brat. So, my dad. I uh, was a career military guy. I traveled all around the country, born in Georgia, lived in Kansas, New York, Virginia, Germany. So I moved every two years growing up. But I was always fascinated with money, always fascinated with money. But I never knew what I wanted to be when I grew up. That's why so, I like uh, you. Yeah, right? Yeah. I, I never wanted to be anything. People in high school are like, I'm going to be a doctor. I'm going to be a dentist. And I was just like, I just want to make money. Mm-hmm. I want to make money. You know when you go so through those exercises with people and they say, and you got to find your Why? Like, yeah. and if it's money, it's not going to work. I was like, no, no, that's, it's going to work for me because that is my why. <laughs> but go ahead. Absolutely. Go but ahead. The money, I mean, I think for you too, money was just freedom. Money was just like, I want to do what I want to do and I don't want to have to, you know, do anybody else's terms. Right. So, so that's what it was for me. My parents are working professionals. I mean, we've all read Rich Dad, Poor Dad. You talk about Rich Dad, his Poor Dad. My parents are awesome people, always been financially responsible, but they never, ever taught me about money. And uh, they're both the ones that are like, build your resume, get it, go to school, you know, get good grades. And I was never that guy. So when I read Rich Dad Poor Dad, it clicked for me. And um, that's kind of been ever since. Um, I just started doing my own thing. And real estate really clicked for me. So that's where I was. Um, in fact, right before I got into real estate, I was a, I was a dock worker. So I, was, I called it a dock slave. I was out there loading trucks from I was a swing shift. So I'd get on at 2 in the afternoon, and we'd, we'd finish whenever the work was done. So sometimes that was 2 a.m. I'd come home just dirty, tired you know, sweaty and it was just mm-hmm. crazy. But it, but in my mind the whole time, I, my paradigm had been shifted because I'd read those books, Rich Dad, Poor Dad, and right. books like that. So I was like always looking for opportunity. Yeah, that was me before real estate. Got yeah. it. So you're just kind of waiting for your moment. Absolutely. Very good. Yeah. The only way to make money there is if you actually own the dock. 
Absolutely. Right? Absolutely. Yeah. Cool. So, so you guys started in real estate how long ago? It's been 12 years now. Okay. 12 years of not having to work, in, in my mind anyway. Right. It's been great. So, where do you live, Andy? I live in Utah. You're in Utah. I live in okay. Utah, yeah. Got it. All right. So, you've been doing real estate. Have you been there the whole 12 years? I've been here for 12 years, yes. Super. So yep, in Utah. And I know you're still actively doing real estate today. What is your, your business? Or tell me how you got, what your, what your entry point into the business was and how that's evolved to where you are today. My entry point was I just wanted to buy anything that was looked like a deal. Um, so I bought a house, a bank-owned, non-conforming, illegal triplex. And I didn't know what I didn't know. And I thought, this sounds like a good idea. Hardest uh-huh. property I've probably ever done to date. But I bought it, fixed it, rented it out, sold it on owner financing, a wraparound mortgage. And from that deal, I learned so much, and then I just kept going from there. But what my business looks like today is I'm primarily a wholesaler. I've always resonated with that quick nickel versus the slow dime. Mm-hmm. So right now, I uh, do about 14 wholesale deals a month uh, in Utah and New Mexico, and we recently started doing some things in Indiana as well, so in three different states. Got it. Got it. So 14 deals a month. You're in three different states. Fantastic. Uh, did you say three or four? Uh, three. We were in three. California, but we recently just stopped doing that. But okay, yeah. good. You know, I have a lot of people in California that are listening. So let's. I'm gonna ask. I have something else I want to ask you, but let's stop right there. Yeah. How come you stopped sure. do working in California? You know, we stopped working in California because I run my numbers pretty tight, and I know where I'm getting the best bang for my buck. And it's not that we weren't making money in California, mm-hmm. but for the effort we were putting in, it wasn't worth. Uh, my team's time and the return on money, mostly return on time we were getting. So I decided to take that same time I had with my team and move it somewhere else. Got it. So that's why. Okay, perfect. So um, working in three different states, how are you finding your deals? I have been going direct to seller since before it was cool. Right. Everybody, like the last two years, it's been the cool thing, right? MLS dried up. Um, auction properties are not going mm-hmm. anymore. But I was always been going direct to seller. I loved sitting knee to knee with the seller and just hearing their story, establishing their pain and just identifying with them and then working out a win-win solution. I loved that. So it's been years now that I've just been in seller's kitchens. I mean, I, I don't do that anymore, but mm-hmm. I stopped that a couple of years ago, but my team still does that. So I go direct to seller through mail, a okay. lot of mail. A lot of mail. Do pay, pay-per-click, uh, SEO stuff, mm-hmm. and uh, you know the age-old bandit signs, warm network from other wholesalers. I mean, just the gamut, you know, the stuff that... Uh, Everybody teaches in real estate. We do it, and we do it all, and we do it consistently, and it works. Got it. Perfect. It works. Perfect. So what's working best for you today? Um, best for me um, might not be the best for everybody else, but for me and my circumstances and my team's knowledge and everything is uh, mail. We, we actually do the best from, from mail. We get good return on that. It's scalable, so we can drop a ton of mail, get a lot of phone calls to filter through, mm-hmm. and go close those deals with sellers. So for us, I mean, it's expensive for a lot of people. But uh, we we do it. We do it well, and that's that's probably pulling thirty five percent of our deals. Okay, mail. very good. Are you doing postcards, letters, a combination? Yes, we do. We do a combination, mostly postcards because cheaper touch. Uh-huh. But yeah, we'll do, and we mail a lot of different lists too. I mean, people talk about absentees, which we absolutely do that. We'll get an inheritance list. We'll hit probates. We'll hit sixty to one hundred twenty day lates. Um, we'll hit owner occupants if they meet like the certain criteria. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll just mail anybody. We we just want to get as much touches out there to people that can that there are our clients. Right. How many pieces of mail are you sending a month? 
Oh, that's a great question. Um, it depends because we alternate months. Mm-hmm. So one month is like an owner occupant. The next month is like an absentee. Got it. How many we send? Uh, I don't know, like probably 40,000. Mm, Maybe. That's huge. Yeah. Something like that. It depends too. I mean, where we're drops in different markets, but my marketing manager would know better than me, but yeah, right. it's probably about that average. Super. So that generates a lot of phone calls. A lot of phone calls. Right. So who do you have on your team? Who do you have on your team handling all that inbound calling? Great. I've got a full-time lead manager, Mm -hmm. and that's all she does from 9 to 5, Monday to Friday. She's answering the phone, calling people back. Mm -hmm. Uh, Or if it's stuff that came in nights and weekends, she's returning those phone calls. I listen to voicemails from the phone calls. But that's, I mean, and that is a full-time job, Matt, what you said there. She is absolutely full-time blitzed on the phone. In fact, two weeks ago, we had like, 700 phone calls come through mm-hmm. I mean, it was a ton of phone calls mm-hmm. and she was like crying but you know what she's good at what she does and, mm-hmm. and she processed through it all so yeah. very good so what does she do she just kind of sets you up for appointments yep that's what she does she's basically she's just a motivation tester she gathers some information from people but primarily she's there to be a big filter are these people hot and we need an appointment right now or is this somebody that we can just send a warm offer to but we make sure we get everybody an offer but she you know she sets it up if, if they're hot, I mean, we set it right there. We make sure we let them know we're going to handle your problem and we are going to, you know, we're going to come out there. What time works for you? And she sets an appointment for, mm-hmm. for the closer. Mm-hmm. Got it. Super. So tell me, you know, all the, how long have you been in uh, our, our mastermind group? It's been a year and a half, two years. A year and a half? Okay, about no, the same as me. About a year and a half yeah. myself. Very good. So based on everybody that you've met and everything that you know about what they do, what do you think you do better than the rest of the group? Better than the rest of the group? Man, that's tough, Matt, because I don't know how much your listeners know about that group, but that is an extremely talented group. I know. So, I know. I want to know what your, what, your, what your edge is. What, what's your unique what selling is? proposition? Like, what makes you special, your business to thrive yeah. so much? I got to say this with a little bit of humility. So that said, everybody in that group is phenomenal. They what are. I'm probably better at than most people mm-hmm. is what I've had the most experience in. I've had my 10,000 hours at the table with sellers. So I've, I'd say I'm pretty dang good. If I get in front of a seller, um, if there's a deal to be made, I'm going to make that deal and they're going to go with me. Got it. So your face-to-face closing ratio is... Face-to-face closing. Is where you are. Pretty good. Pretty well, good, yeah. Got it. Got it. So so that brings uh, brings me to the next question. How, how do you ever plan on uh, phasing yourself out or do you? You know, I... I do. I mean, I, I still, I, I, mean, I love real estate, love the day-to-day of it, but I am kind of phased out of it, actually. So my organization's got a, a guy that runs pretty much the whole thing, an operating officer, whatever you want to call him. Mm-hmm. But he's, he runs the, the, the lead managers, the acquisition managers, the, um, everybody, the marketing manager. So I actually don't order the marketing. I don't go see sellers. I don't answer the phone calls. I pretty much have nothing to do with the deals that are coming in now mm-hmm. other than getting checks for them. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I really... I am kind of phased out of my wholesale business. Okay. Um, that's probably why, you know, when we get bored and nature abhors a vacuum right. and you start doing stuff and people say, why are you doing that? Cause I, cause I needed something to do. Mm-hmm. Um, that's why I started a, I started a little video blog with my brother. So I don't know if we're going to talk about that, but that came out of probably boredom. So like the, the business was working and the money was coming in and I'm like, I got to do something here. So, you know what? That's, I, I'm, we're, we're cut from the same cloth because every time I hire somebody or delegate something, I go and fill it up with more business. Absolutely. My wife thinks I'm nuts. Your wife probably does too. Right? Yeah. Well, no, she kind of gets it because we work together. Does so. she get it? Yeah. Oh, she, you work together. Yeah. But I've actually just 
this year, I was just like, enough is enough. No more opportunities. I'm saying, saying no to everything right now. But I still have, but I still have a backlog of five different projects that I have that I'm working on from last year. So I'm just saying no more, but I still got five. I still got a very full plate, but I just kind of bit the bullet and I said, okay, I'm just hiring people. I'm delegating all of this. I'm not going to do any of this work. I'm just going to be the director of the ship. And that has presented a whole new, and you could probably get this as well because you, you manage a team that presents a whole new different level of challenges. Cause now you got to keep your people busy. Yep. Right? Yeah. So, absolutely. So absolutely. Now, so now you're not busy doing the work itself, but you're busy trying to keep them busy and give them direction and give them guidance and and that's a full time job. Man, I can't even tell. So I just told you about my wholesale business, mm-hmm. but I've also got a retail flipping business. I also do some money lending. I also have some rental properties, and I do this video blog thing. Like all of that stuff. You're absolutely right. With every part of that, there's just people that I'm having phone calls all day long with certain people, like just of different teams. And it's you're right. You're managing the managers, and it that becomes the job in and of itself. Yeah, yeah. So I, I get it. So I'm saying no to all all new opportunities. You're a great example. I'm going to start. I'm going to start right here and right now. You guys all heard it. I haven't played golf in a year. Um, I've only been wine tasting once this in the last year. And those are like the two things I love. I haven't been to the beach forever, and it's been hot here in California. And I haven't been home when the sun was still up and as long as I could remember. And I'm just like, you know, forget this. Forget this. I'm saying no to everything now and going to finish what I've started and... And start filling my those empty spots now with time with my son because uh, he's in those impressionable years right now, and I don't want to miss that. Let me ask. I'm going to spin and ask a question on you because you just, I, I can relate to what you said right there. You might be more more of a workaholic than me, but we all started this out for that freedom. Why is it that we do that and fill the void? Why do you think? Um, I can speak for myself because when I was in the music business. I was a workaholic, but that was not work to me. That was just pure joy, and it was my life, and that's just what I did. And so, because there was so much recreation and fun and clubbing and drinking and partying that went along with the actual business part, but it was all linked together. So that was, and then when that the digital download came along and, you know, just changed the way that people consume music, the way they purchase music, and it put us out of business really, really fast, I was bagging groceries at age 34. So I, after about six months of trying to find work, that's all that was available to me. I mean, I didn't, I didn't have the, the piece of paper for a corporate job and my skill was really, you know, you know, break dancing and how to produce beats, you know? That, so there wasn't a whole lot of demand for that at the time. Cause at that time it was, it's kind of like what we went through real estate in 2007, you know? every single title officer and loan officer and, and real estate agent was out there looking for something to do because that business, that the industry just took a dump. And that's kind of how music was. It was filled with a bunch of people looking for work that all had the same skill set. So I found out that I, hey, this I'm qualified to bag groceries right now. I got to eat. And that is, there, there's fear there that, if I don't keep my get my act together and manage multiple streams of income, because in the music business I had one stream of income, and when that disappeared, I was on my butt. So now I'm like I'm kind of afraid to say no to opportunity. I'm afraid that I'm going to miss out on something. 
And I think that's how I got to where I am right now. But now I can look at what I have. And I was like, I don't need to be afraid anymore. I've got, you know, I've got five or six plates that are spinning and those are very healthy plates. I don't need to add more plates to my, to my table basically. So that's why I, that's why I got to that, that place, but I'm recognizing that, okay, let's, let's stop, analyze and look at what we've accomplished. Look what we have. Let's be grateful for it. And let's go deeper with what we have rather than continuing to go wider. That's as you were saying that stuff. I found my, I was just nodding the whole time because what you said there, I, I saw myself too. You said it was the fear there of having to go back, and I think that's what drives me honestly. And it's sad to say, but I've got this healthy fear. I think it's somewhat healthy of like it could all go away tomorrow. I mean, I, I've I've come to a decent spot in my financial life. I'm not worried about my next paycheck, my next meal, but I still feel like what if. So I'm I'm very driven by that too. That's why I say yes to opportunities because I think well, I got to keep padding that. You know, I want a uh, an insulation here a little bit, you know, financial insulation from, and what if this happens, right? And just safety net upon safety net. So mm-hmm. very interesting. Very interesting answer. You know, I, I saw, a, me in there I saw uh, Will Smith. He was interviewed on Oprah Winfrey show. I don't know. Oh, yes. I saw this. Go ahead. Tell Seven, me. eight oh. years ago. But I was amazed that he admitted on Oprah's show that he loses sleep at night. He has money concerns every single night. Yep. And I think it's because... You know, he came from a, a not well-to-do background, and he's got that fear, like he doesn't want to go back. I don't, I can't remember what his reason was, why he's concerned about it, but I'd, I'd imagine that people have been down before, and all of a sudden they got something. You know, there is some fear that I don't want to lose this. Absolutely, and remember she said she's like, she said, really, well, really, he said yes. He said, I ain't got Oprah money. I got Oprah money. I remember him saying that. That mm-hmm. was so funny. Mm-hmm. But she's like, I'm not fearful. I'm like, well, yeah, you're like a billionaire, but. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's... Uh, that was interesting. Very interesting we right? said that. That was a great clip. Yeah, I remember that very well. And he actually referenced Rich Dad Poor Dad in that, in that same interview. Yeah. Uh, his yeah. son was reading it, which I thought was very interesting, too. Right. Was great. Right. For sure. Well, cool. Um, Andy, tell me, uh, what's, what's in your future? This is my favorite question to ask people. What's in your future that you are really excited about? My future I'm really excited about. God, that's a tough question. Um Right now, I'm, I'm really, actually really into working with my, my older brother. Um, I do this, this video blog called I Love Real Estate Stories. He's like a passionate documentary, documentary filmmaker, and we just make kind of cool videos about life of a real estate entrepreneur. I like that a lot. I like being able to work with him and connect with him. Um, other than that, actually just looking forward to just trying to uh, do what we just talked about earlier. Like you said you want to go to the beach more. You want to spend more time with your son, and you want to be home earlier. I spent, I'm looking forward to that to checking out a little bit more and just relaxing a little bit more and just saying it's okay to say no to opportunities. It, and I, I call it the uh, entrepreneurial guilt. You get to a place where you've, you're financially okay, but then you feel guilty by just living that life that has a little bit of, you know, going to the beach on a Saturday, you're going to the beach during the week and just being like, I should be working right now because that's what drove you to get there. So I want to, I look forward to relaxing and letting myself off the hook for that entrepreneurial guilt, you know? Right, right. It's funny you use the word guilt because I have no problem, you know, writing a $5,000, $10,000 check for something in my business, but I feel so guilty when I spend $150 on a pair of Air Jordans. Yep. You know what I, I mean? I'm like, I don't, I, this, that, that's a lot of money for these shoes, but I don't even flinch when it's time to fix something or, 
you know, buy the next marketing piece or, you know, hire the next person or, you know, whatever it has to do with the business. It's like, uh, but to, to join the next mastermind group, to hire the next coach or the consultant, which I've spent an inordinate amount of money on advisors and, and mastermind groups that are large money, tens, $20,000 a pop. And I got no problem with that. But boy, you put a $150 pair of Air Jordans, I'm like, I'm wondering if I'm deserving or if I, if I need to use my money this way. I, man, we're, we are cut from the same cloth. I think the same way. I mean, the credit, the, the, the money that we spend every month, like in the business, I don't even think about it. I don't care. But you're right. At home, I mean, people would be surprised to know the budget that my wife and I have. We live very frugally. We mm-hmm. don't go out there and spend money. And, and I think the same thing. If I'm going to buy something, I'm like, oh, do I really want this? But it sounds crazy to people because, you know, I do fine. You do fine. Mm-hmm. But it's a different type of money, right? Mm-hmm. Tens of thousands of dollars for mastermind, not a big deal. That's business. When it comes to like, do I really need to spend a couple hundred bucks on that? Uh, I've got, these ones will work, right? These will mm-hmm. work. Mm-hmm. Uh, interesting dynamic. really is. Right. Well, cool. So the video blog with your brother, what, what's, the, what's the website domain name there? It's uh, www.iloverealestatestories.com. Iloverealestatestories.com. Love it. Yep. And just, uh, he, he hated his job a year and a half ago. Mm-hmm. I mean, I love my older brother. My younger brother actually works in my wholesale company. My older brother hated his job, hated it. And uh-huh. I said, look, just come over here. He's so talented what he did. I mean, he makes music and he, he's good at editing and all stuff. I said, just come over here. Let's make, let's just make movies, documentary style film stuff of like my life as a real entrepreneur, whatever it comes up from that, you know? That's awesome. And it's been a fun ride for the last year and a half. And it's been awesome to work with him. And it's given him just like so much purpose and just happiness. And mm-hmm. it's really cool. It's really that's, cool for both that, of us. That's fantastic, Andy. I wish I had a brother that had some skills like that. That would be. <laughs> you don't? No, I don't. That would solve a lot of my issues. That you're actually very blessed to have a brother that has those particular skills doing what we do. Yeah, uh, yeah, and he's for sure. I'm blessed to be able to work with him for sure. I, I love that more than anything. That's fantastic. So. Perfect. So, anybody listening to you right now, if they wanted to get in touch with you, Andy, um, how what would be the best way for them to do that? You know, they can email me at Andy at iloverealestatestories.com. Um, I just love for people to check out the videos and I love comments and feedback from people that say, Hey, you know, I learned something here or I liked what you did there. Both my brother, that's like the pay that both, both my brother and I get for doing that. Cause we pretty, we don't make any money from it. That's the pay we get people saying this inspired me or, you know, keep up the good work. Cause these videos are really cool. That's, that, we really dig that. Super dude. Alrighty. So the, the guy's name is Andy McFarlane, good friend of mine, uh, part of my mastermind group, a, a brilliant real estate investor. And the website is I love real estate stories.com. Thanks again, Andy. Hey, appreciate it, Matt. Hold that house. Contrary to popular belief, a lack of funding is not the biggest barrier to starting a business. It's excuses. But don't let a lack of funding be your excuse. We are Epic Fast Funding, and we'd like to fund your business with up to $150,000 in revolving credit lines. If you've got 60 seconds and a solid credit score, you could have access to your funds in as little as seven days. Go to EpicFastFunding.com to fill out our 60-second application. It's fast, it's simple, up to $150,000 in as little as seven days. Go to EpicFastFunding.com. You've been listening to Epic Real Estate Investing, the world's foremost authority on separating the facts from the BS in real estate investing education. If you enjoyed the show, please take a minute to visit iTunes and share your thoughts. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time here at Epic Real Estate Investing with Matt Terrio.
This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.